0: Thank you, Jesus. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, whatever you're reading from, and shout, This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's word, and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. That was awesome, Sister Jabu. Amen. Praise If you enjoyed that, Chai Zander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, I was looking for a place to use that, and I. we went for a conference in, in, uh, in Jeffreystown. What is that? Richards Bay? Richards Bay? Richards Bay. Richards Bay. <laughs> man, every two minutes they say, Yeah, you know, we have a pastor from Chai Zander. Everybody. <laughs> I said, man, this is so cool. I'm going to use this. But, so I put it in my arsenal. just couldn't find it. today. Man. <laughs> so we've been talking about God's way of prosperity or prosperity, God's way, depending on which way you look at it. Uh, prosperity, God's way. And the reason, you know, I titled it this way, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is because there are really three ways to live life. Three ways to live life. Uh, the first one, which I do not highly recommend, is uh, doing it your way. You know, Scripture tells us, it says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is what? destruction. And so I don't recommend, you know, doing it your way. Who was that? Frank Sinatra? I did it my way. I did it my way. <laughs> don't do it your way. And uh, other equally, uh, you know, uh, a r- wrong, terrible way to live life is, you know, the world's way. And, uh, you know, uh, getting our instruction and direction from the world. Uh, And the third, and really the way we should live our lives is God's way. Uh, And and similarly, when it comes to prosperity, uh, you don't want to try and do it your way. Uh, You don't want to do it the world's way. The world's way really is, you know, get all you can. You know, can all you get and sit on that can and, you know, backstab everybody. If you have to kill, kill, get rich or die trying. Basically, that's what the world says when it comes to prosperity. But God's way is completely different uh, from any of those three. And so this is what we're going to be talking about. We started this last week. And uh, really, you know, we're talking about prosperity in the materials realm. Uh, you know, there is prosperity, spiritually, there is prosperity of the soul, it's called mind renewal, and a healthy mind, that's based on God's word, Uh, but there is also prosperity, uh, you know, in the materials realm, and uh, that's what we're going to be talking about, simply put, we're going to be talking about money, amen, Amen. I said amen, Amen. and so some people ask, they say, but why should you talk about money in church, Uh, well, first of all, uh, it's because money can cause problems when you don't have the right relationship with money. And I'm talking about poor people, rich people, average people. The, the problem is not money, really. The problem is uh, having a healthy relationship with money. Man, I know some poor people who, who, who have the love of money just controlling their lives. I know some poor people who will not, you know... Uh, um, they, man, you visit their house, they won't kill that chicken. It's the only chicken... <laughs> I mean, they worship that little, you know, chicken, and and everybody's dying hungry. That thing should be dead by now, so we can all. Man, they worship that bear boy, and they want, you know, and, and it's Mammon controlling them, you know. They they, you know, I'm just saying that it, you know, this this thing can can affect both the rich and the poor. Sometimes when we talk about the love of money, people think uh, only rich people uh, can get the love of money. There are some poor people who. Uh, are constantly thinking about money, you know, if I can only get that money. And, and, and it's really the love of money, and it's the wrong relationship uh, with money. So God wants us to have a healthy relationship with money. They say money is the number one cause of divorce in marriages. And notice they don't say too much money or little money, just money. Money is the number one cause of divorce in marriages. Why? Because people have an unhealthy relationship with money. And the second reason why we talk about money is this. We did this little research uh, last week. If you're not here, you can participate. And, uh, you know, I'm going to ask these questions. And if you're here, you need any of these things, you, we're going to ask you to lift your hand. Or we'll pray for you. Uh, is anyone here that needs uh, a healing right now? You say, man, I'm, 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 my, my body is in pain and I need some healing. <laughs> we're going to ask you to lift your hand wherever you are if you need healing. Uh, going once, going twice. Just look around. Just look around and see. Nobody needs healing. Here's the next question. Is, that, is there anyone in here that needs salvation? You know, you, you, you haven't received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. We, we've got to take care of that if you are here. Uh, we're going to ask you to lift your hand wherever you are, and we will, we'll pray together with you. It says in Romans 10:9, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and that God raised him on the third day, uh, you will be saved. And so if that's you, we're going to ask you to lift your hand. If you need salvation, anybody, just, just turn around and look around. Just look around. Now watch this. Watch, watch what's about to happen. If, if you need some extra cash in your life, Now, just turn around. Now, turn around. Now, turn around and see the number of hands. I mean, every single one of us needs some extra cash because we have some things to take care of. And I'm here to tell you that God has a plan for you. He has a plan for your money, not to take your money away from you, but to get money to you. And if you're going to get with that program, you really have to understand. God's heart around finances. So let's go to Genesis chapter number 1 from verse 26 to 28. Genesis chapter number 1 from verse 26 to 28. The, the kingdom prosperity is not about indulgence. It's not about indulging uh, our every lustful desire. Uh, in fact, the true uh, biblical measurement of prosperity is impact. It is uh, what you do with the wealth that God gives you and how you touch people's lives. And it's kind of different from the world because from the world's perspective, you know, wealth is to just be spent uh, on self. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you know, spend on yourself, but I'm saying the ultimate, someone say ultimate. The ultimate goal of prosperity is to empower us to be a blessing to a dying world. Amen. And so he says in Genesis 128, God spoke, Let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature, so they, human beings, can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female god blessed them this is us right from the start god released the blessing his empowerment for us to prosper and he says here god blessed them he puts a semicolon open inverted commas and he says god blessed them and this is how god blessed them he began to speak a word pronounce this blessing over them and it sounded something like this the first word was prosper amen when God wanted to bless His children and, and speak uh, to, into His children's uh, life, right at the beginning, the very first thing God wanted to say to humankind was prosper. Amen. Not, not struggle, not hang in there, not, you know, it, it's not an easy road. He didn't say any of that. He said prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible. Now, if you're not prospering, you won't be able to do the rest. If you're not prospering, it's going to be a hard time for you to reproduce. And reproducing here is not just limited to procreation. He's talking about taking your God-given ideas and letting them expand. That's what reproduce means. It means God put you in the garden, Adam. Now take the garden and make it international. That's what he said here when he said reproduce. Fill the earth. You can't do that. You can't take charge if you're not prospering. And he says, be responsible. Why? Because with prosperity comes responsibility. Write that down. That's awesome. With prosperity comes responsibility. Prosperity comes with a great deal of responsibility. Now for Adam, he says, be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, and none of us, you know, I mean, we live in the city, right? None of us will ever get an opportunity to be responsible uh, for fish in the sea or, or, or birds in the air or, or every living thing that moves on the face of the earth unless you have, a, you have a, you know, a pet at home, right? But if you don't, this may sound like it doesn't apply to you, but the bottom line of this is it, it's not just limited to these three areas, why? What God is telling us is when with prosperity comes responsibility. Amen. He wants you to be responsible when you start walking uh, in this prosperity. And so we had three big thoughts that we talked about last week that we looked at. And uh, the first one was, you know, we have to realize that we have the blessing on us. We are the blessing of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Uh, Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. So you are already blessed. Someone shout, I'm a blessing. blessing. Going somewhere to be a miracle. miracle. Amen. The blessing is on you, and that's God's ability for you to perform miracles for others. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. And the second big thought was, you know, for you to start walking in it, this prosperity, the first thing is you need to realize there's a blessing on you. The second thing is this. You have to be of a generous soul. It says in Proverbs eleven twenty There is he that scatters, yet he increases. And there is he that withholds more than his meat, yet it leads to poverty. A generous soul will be made fat or will be made to prosper. Amen. And then the third one we looked at was the diligent soul. That was the third one, right? Diligent soul. And we're going to camp there a little bit. And then next week and uh, the following weeks, we'll look at the other two. Uh, because this is hardly emphasized when it comes to our prosperity. Uh, the, by the way, we're talking about the prosperity of God. Amen? We're not talking about worldly prosperity. We're talking about the prosperity of God. He repeats it in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. He says, I have a plan for you, and this plan is to prosper you. Give you a hope and a future. You have to settle this in your heart that God wants me to prosper. Third John 1 2, uh, I wish above all things that you may prosper. Be in health, even as your soul prosper. Settled. You've got to settle this issue in your heart. Uh, uh, prosperity is not something that you know the, the televangelist came up with from America, from Texas. Comfort hungry preacher came up. No. Prosperity is a God idea. This is God's original plan for all of his children. He wants us to prosper. Amen. It doesn't bless God when you have to ignore your phone because they're looking for their money. They're calling you. It doesn't bless, it doesn't glorify God. Amen? I said amen. amen. What glorifies God is to all men nothing except to love them. All my Jews are paid, taken care of, nobody looking for me because I'm prosperous. In fact, I'm looking for people to bless. That's what God wants you to be. He wants you to be there. Now watch what he says about diligence, Proverbs 22:29. 29. He says, see a man who is diligent in business, his business, so we're talking about someone who's diligent, right? See a man who's diligent in his business. He shall stand before kings and shall not stand before mere man or mean man. Now if you read in the New King James, let's, let's read it in the New King James Bible. Uh, I want you to see what it says here. He says, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings and he will not stand before unknown men. The other versions say ordinary men. It says a man who's diligent in his work will stand before kings, you know, not just ordinary men. What does it mean to be diligent? To be diligent means to be constant in effort to accomplish something. It means to be attentive. It means to be persistent in doing something. It means to be energetic. It means to be industrious. It means to be unrelenting, not giving up. And this is the call of God on his children who are blessed who function in, 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 with a generous soul, to also be diligent. Amen? This is the grace message for the church. Man, there is a diligent, there is a grace that fuels us to be able to work hard. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. 1 Corinthians, chapter number 15, uh, verse 10. 1 Corinthians 15, 10. <clears throat> So let me read this in the New King James and then I'll read it in the New Living Translation as well. Watch what it says. It says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, which means that the grace of God could potentially have been in vain. Do you see that? He says, but for me, this is the Apostle Paul writing, he says, for me it was not in vain. Why, Paul? But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. I never ever thought that I could see a scripture that would talk about the grace of God and outworking or outlaboring your competitors in the same sentence. I never thought I would see a scripture with grace and working hard in the same sentence. Watch what it says in the New Living Translation, this same verse. And I feel like this is where the church has missed it sometimes. Diligence fueled by heaven. Watch what it says. It says, but whatever I am, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me, his grace, his anointing, and not without results. So there could be an anointing without results, but with Paul, it was an anointing. With results. Amen. And he says, for I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. Grace, I mean, this is the grace apostle. He's talking about working hard. He says, I've worked harder than all of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. This is what diligence looks like. You allow the grace of God to flow through you so that you can do more than the people without the grace of God. I like to uh, uh, call the grace of God, I call it the the octane for your assignment. I call it the the jet fuel, if you will. That's what grace is for your assignment. It is what fuels you to be able to do more. Amen? Amen. I said amen. amen. And so, with our grace, we need to start taking advantage of this grace that's available. With our grace, man, with this grace, man, we can do more. We can do things that we're not qualified to do. Grace of God just working through us, and we will serve before kings and not just ordinary men. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter number 25 and see this in action. Matthew 25 from verse 14 to 29. This is Jesus, you know, uh, uh, talking to us really about how to prosper. And he says this, he says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents. And uh, a talent here is not talking about ability. He's not talking about skill. He's talking about money. You know, if you read newer translations, it says he gave to his uh, servants, you know, his money. And so he says to one he gave five talents. A talent uh, equates to 33.3 kgs. If it was gold, that would equate to 2.5 million US dollars, way over 20 million rand, each talent. So when he gives it to you, five of them, we're talking big bucks, right? So the master gave to two, one five, the other one he gave two, to the other one he gave one, to every man according to their several ability, and straightway he took his journey. So the way the master did it here wasn't sporadic. He did it according to what they could handle. And God is bringing things our way, opportunities, that's what I like to call them. He's bringing them our way based on how much we can handle. And now we're going to show you how you can increase your capacity so that you're able to handle more. Verse 16. He that had received five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five. And likewise, he that had received two also gained another two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, someone say, after a long time. It says, after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. So, after a long time, the master came back and he says, let's have a reconciliation. I want to find out what you did with my money. This is Jesus teaching us. I think this is the most powerful parable when it comes to how to function in the marketplace. This is Jesus teaching us how to function in the marketplace. He said the one that took uh, uh, five talents went and traded with the same. In other words, they were not expecting for money to fall from heaven like ripe mangoes falling off a tree. Buru mangoes. Amen? And so when you give... What should you expect? You must expect transactional money. You go into the marketplace and you participate. He says he traded with the same, and then when he traded with the same, he turned the five into, in other words, he doubled the Lord's money. And that's where prosperity we have to shift our thinking that you know when we give uh, a lot of people are believing God for something to fall from heaven you know they're believing God for someone to come and give them some. listen if somebody is going to come give you something it's always going to have a limit it's going to always going to have all kinds of things attached to it it's just not nice when people you don't have an option you can't choose but when it's coming from God and you are transacting you in the marketplace when you can remove all limits this dude went and doubled the lord's money amen and it says this happened over a long time. Verse 19 says, after a long time, which reveals to me that, you know, uh, 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 when he went into the marketplace, this was not over one transaction. And this is where the diligence come in. You know, a lot of people think this guy took his five talents and went to, you know, uh, four ways more and then met with some guys over there. And then they went to the corner. And then they were just chatting, somebody, 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 somebody. And then he turned the five into another five. And then when the master came back, he said, voila, master, there you go. You have your ten talents. No, that's not what happened. This happened over a long time. Watch this. Over multiple transactions. Amen? Amen. Which means in the first year, you probably finished with six talents. Praise the Lord. But in the following year, you probably finished with three talents. Ooh, what are you gonna do? Are you still gonna be diligent? Because we say to be diligent is to be constant in effort to accomplish something. Yeah. And in the following year, you probably finished with one. Yeah. You know, I was doing a, a grace in the marketplace at uh, a friend's business in Lanceria, really multi-million dollar business, and uh, I was doing a grace in the marketplace like this. And the founder, who's the uh, owner now. Uh, The father was in there, he was sitting with his wife, old man, he's now doing uh, Christian farming, you know, on the continent of Africa, but he's the one who started the business. He was in there and listening, and I made this observation, and he came to me afterwards. He said, why don't you add another example to that? I said, what? He said, why don't you go all the way to minus two talents in one year? I said, how come? He said, because I went bankrupt twice building this business. But here's what I didn't do. I didn't quit. He turned around and he said to me, there is way too much quitting. In fact, the difference between people that prosper and people who don't prosper is one word. The ones who prosper don't quit. They are diligent. And when you are diligent, you will serve before kings and not mere men, ordinary men. Amen? Amen. I said amen. And in the following year, maybe it came back to seven and then eight. Ultimately, when the master came, when they did the reconciliation, they found out that he had doubled the Lord's money. Amen? Amen? He applied himself diligently and was able to double the Lord's money. Now watch what happens after that. Verse 20. And so he that had received five came and brought another five, saying, Lord, you delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five more talents. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and what? Faithful. Faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful Oof, this is good. I'm getting ready to read now what I call the law of promotion. The law of supernatural acceleration. This is the law that has propelled me into... I mean, I I, I know I know people in in, in in places that, you know... I mean, I still pinch myself sometimes when I travel and I meet with different people and I speak at different platforms, and there's only one secret to that. The only secret is this. I'm getting ready to read it. And if you adopt this secret... Make it a heart attitude and start living your life every single day. I'm talking Monday through Friday. This is not just limited to church. This is everywhere you go. This has to be your heart attitude. If you turn your heart into this, man, you, are, you are a winner. It's going somewhere to happen. Amen? And the, I call it the law of supernatural acceleration. It's not a law as in the Old Testament law. It's in a law as in a guiding principle for promotion. There's only one. And this is what it is. Thou have been faithful over a few things. That that word thou is you, right? That's your part. Thou, you get to be faithful over a few things. And God, when you do that, God turns it around and he says, I will make you something. Oof, that's good. You don't have to make you something. You don't have to try and make yourself something. You don't have to try and be something that you're not. All you are required to do is to be faithful over little things. That's why he says, do not despise the days of small beginnings. All you are required to do on your side of the ledger is to be faithful over small things. Little things. And then God turns it around. He says, you do that, I will make you ruler over many things. I will bring promotion to you. Man, that's a good principle. You want to be promoted? It's simple. Learn how to live your life with the heart attitude of a servant. We call it a servant's heart. Jesus said, the greatest among you is the one who serves. And I'm not talking about serving at church. See, that's where church folks sometimes miss it. I'm talking about a a position of your heart that you carry with you everywhere you go. Amen? And great men and great women, uh, they can spot that easily. Mm-hmm. I was sitting at a conference in, uh, in, in Colorado, Billy Epos Conference, Wealth Builders, and he singled me out. He said, you, Tavara, you have a servant's heart. They can see that. He says, you have a servant's heart. And therefore, you know, you went on to say some other things. And he said, man, you have a servant's heart. And that's why things are going to be different for you. And, man, I'm telling you, I go places, they put a red carpet for me. Amen. Not because I'm special. Amen. Man, I'm from, I'm, I'm from the smallest country on in, in the, in the totem pole in the smallest neighborhood with one traffic light. I'm not better than you. The only difference, you know what the only difference is? Man, when I, I, when I choose, bulldog, bulldog style, when I choose to do something, I ain't letting go. And I'm willing to serve, it doesn't matter what capacity. It's the only difference. It's the only difference is I choose to be faithful. I was talking to, to Billy Epard, who really is, is my, our mentor. He's the CEO of Caris and Andrew Womack Ministry. I told him, I sent him a message. I said, Man, I'm going to be in town. Can we have coffee? He, he's, uh, executive assistant replied, said, uh, hey, this is the day you're going to meet with Billy at this time, and we've reserved parking for you. Awesome. We've re- I, don't even, I don't even know if I'm going to be driving, into- but I already have a parking spot. We've reserved parking for you. And you know what she said? She said, what's your coffee order? Wow. Two months. This is two months in advance. Wow. And I thought, hey, I'm going to be fancy with this. I said, why don't you get me an Americana with oat milk? <laughs> I'm not going to be drinking cow milk when... It- <laughs> Two months in advance, I better come up with something nice. I said, can I have an American oat milk. No sugar. Can I be fenced with this? But I'm telling you, man, God, God's eyes are looking to and fro. He's trying to show off through people, but he's not going to do it through any kind of person. He's going to do it through this kind of person, where he can say, "You have been faithful over a few things, therefore I will make you ruler over many things." Let's go to uh, First Samuel, chapter number 16. Is this helping you? Man, this is a heart attitude you carry everywhere you go. Someone shout, "I have a servant's heart man, seven's hard. Oh, you got to focus on it. Hey, I'm going to serve. I'm here to serve. Even even in your business, your business, you really want your business to do well, make it a serving business. Make it a business that serves its clients. Not a business that's just trying to make money. Make it a serving business. Man, you turn that thing into a serving business, you are about to be a millionaire. Amen. Amen? Amen? I said, Amen. Amen. Serve your customers. Serve your clients. Amen. Go above and beyond what they pay you to do. Amen. Now watch what happened. First Samuel 16, 17. This is God getting ready to promote some, some, someone, right? That's what we're talking about. He's getting ready to promote someone, anoint them to be king over Israel. Now watch what happened in verse 6. Let's go to verse 6. Did I say 17? I meant 7. 1 Samuel 16, verse 6. Watch what it says. It says, and it came to pass, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Samuel went and told Jesse, hey, Jesse, I'm here to anoint one of your sons as king. And so Jesse went and called all seven of, of, of his kids, and he, 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 cre- he made a, a ramp, a walking, modeling ramp. And he says, you walk past, every single one of you, I want you to walk past. And it was uh, Eliab's turn, and it came to pass when they come uh, that he looked on Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed Uh, the Lord's anointed is before him, which means this is not the guy. Now watch what happened. And the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on uh, the height of his stature, which means Eliab was of a beautiful countenance and he was tall. He He was tall, dark, and handsome. When he walked on the ramp, on the modeling ramp, you may have come there and said, ah, ha, ha, showed off his bicep. And you know what the Lord said? The Lord said, don't look, don't look at that. Don't look at that. In other words, the Lord was saying, don't look on the outside. Man, this could help somebody who owns a business and they're trying to recruit. Man, you're going to need to hear from the Lord. Amen. This could speak to someone who's a team leader at work. You're a boss and you're trying to fill in a position. This is, this. is I believe this is your word today. Yeah. Don't look on the outside. He went, uh, uh, and the Lord said, no, that's not the guy. Uh, that's not the guy. He said, don't look on his eye. Don't look on his countenance because I have refused him. He's not the guy. <laughs> For the Lord sees not as man sees. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Did y'all see that? And then he said to Samuel, chill out. I'm going to show you the guy. And then Samuel went, uh, verse 11, verse 12. Uh, Verse 11. And Samuel said to Jesse, verse 11, if you don't mind. Samuel said to Jesse, are these all the children? And then Jesse said this. This is David's father. He says, there's one more. They remain the youngest. Behold, he keepeth the sheep. If you read it in the NLT, also in the message, he says there's this uh, rant. Which means small and contemptible. is, don't hey, prophet, don't even waste your time. Essentially, that's what he's saying. They remain the youngest. Behold, he keepeth sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, send fetch for him, for we will not sit down until he come hither. Promotion is not located on the modeling ramp. It is located and wrapped in the mystery of servanthood. God is not looking for people who can show it off and, you know, just kind of outside, outside. No, God is looking for those who have changed their hearts, positioned their heart to have a servant's attitude. And God is looking for those. Listen to this. Samuel said, because of that, nobody sits down until this guy comes. The guy gets a standing ovation all the way from the bush, from Maslatini, until nobody sits down because we're giving this guy honor. Why? Because this guy was just busy serving. Let me talk to some of you. When you finally get that qualification of yours, don't put it on email. Send it to your boss. Copy everybody. And say, look, I, I am now a master's." Nobody cares. <laughs> Do you know how you get your promotion? Keep serving. Amen. I said amen. Amen. I'm talking about a heart attitude that you need everywhere you go. Find out what needs to be done. Go over an extra. And when you do that, God says, I'm the one who's going to promote you. And some of you may say, well, Pastor T, what if my boss uh, doesn't like me? It don't matter. Your boss is not the one responsible for your promotion. God is. That's why it says in Proverbs 21 verse 1, the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. And like a stream of water, he directs it in whichever direction he wishes. And he says over there in Psalm 75 verse 6, he says, for promotion does not come from the east or the west. For it is God who brings promotion. Man, when you serve as if you're serving God, God will promote you. Colossians 3:23, it says, Whatsoever you find your hands to do it, do it as unto the Lord, knowing this, that it is of the Lord that you will receive an inheritance as a reward. Promotion does not come from men. Man, I've been men who don't like me. <laughs> they put me on TV the one time they called me, right? We were being faithful because that's how promotion comes. We had our little DSLR camera and we we're being faithful every Sunday, filming, you know, the service and you know, doing our thing, but really, because that's what the Lord had called us to do. No, don't try this at home if the Lord hasn't called you to do that. Okay. You go buy a DSLR and say, Well, I'm gonna be a PT. they'll call me. No, that call may not come. I'm not saying it's not coming, but find out what the Lord has called you to do and then do that diligently. (laughs) So we're doing that. They called us. We went there, Pastor H and I. We went there. They said, hey, we're giving you free television airtime two years. We went on there. Millions of of television airtime because you pay a lot to be there. And uh, a few years later, two years later, somebody joined the organization who didn't like me. Mm -hmm. Now, it don't matter if people don't like you. It joined the organization, they didn't like me very much. I didn't know the reason why they didn't. I think I'm a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> and they called me into their office and said, because of uh, change of policy, really it's not change of policy, it's because you, you you know you don't fancy me much. He says, uh, we, we, we're gonna have to terminate this thing and we basically we're firing you. And so I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> and I left, I left and I went to the parking lot. I remember thinking about it. I said, Lord, I just got fired. And the Lord said to me, we'll put you there. I said, you did? And he said, then I'm responsible for keeping you there. I said, yes, sir. And, and, but I, that didn't stop my sulking. You know, I'm still sulking. And I'm in my car, I'm sulking. I went home. And I, you won't believe what happened. I got home, and they called me. They said, uh, actually, we need you to come back this week to uh, record the fair, farewell uh, message uh, you know, to all the viewers, because really something miraculous happened. We went on there for two years. I mean the first year when it ended, we were the second most watched uh broadcast on the continent of Africa. We were uh in the top ten uh globally i mean and and i didn 't mind being number six to Joseph Prince and Joyce Meyer and so on and so forth i didn 't mind that he was awesome top ten most wa- I think God just unleashed his angels they tune into this when this kid is. Is, is, uh, and people wh- wrecked the ratings I mean, it was awesome And uh, then, you know, they terminated the thing and, and they called me, they said, man, you need to come and uh, record the, the, the farewell, whatever And I knew exactly what I wanted to do I was going to go in there and tell everybody what had happened These people <laughs> These people who put me in there some, he, Such and such doesn't like me And this is why I'm saying farewell right now Anyway, farewell That's exactly what I wanted to do And the Lord said to me, no, that's not what you're going to preach. I said, yes, that's what I'm going to preach. The Lord said to me, you know, I'm going to give you a message to preach. I said, okay. He said, I said, what's the message? He says, unconditional love. I said, no way, Lord, I'm not going to preach about that. I need to preach about, you know, uh, touch not thy anointed. That's what I need to preach, right? (laughs) Messing with the anointed." (laughs) And the Lord said, man, man you go preach that. And, and I went and faithfully, with a servant's heart, I went and I preached that. It was tough. I preached that, and it was one of the best teachings we've ever recorded uh, in, in that studio. And I left, and I'm, man, this is it. I'm done. And I left, and uh, within six months, here's the thing, is that if you maintain a good attitude, and you keep serving, and you're faithful, God will see to it that promotion comes to you. And so I had forgotten about TV. Six months, uh, somebody sl- uh, slid in my DM <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, Gavin is the producer at, at, at another, you know, uh, broadcast, and he said to me, "Hey, I'll, I'm gonna be in town from Florida. I'd like to have coffee with you." I said, "Oh, great! Let's have coffee." And so we met. We had coffee, just hanging out, and then he, you know, uh, uh, we connected, became friends, and and two, three months later, he called me. He said, "Man, we want to give you television airtime, free of charge." I said, praise. He said, You got uh, programs? I said, Man, I got programs ready. He said, Man, bring them over. We're going to be, and we've been on it for, for over a year now. And, and not only are we broadcasting in Africa now, that's a bigger channel, so we get to reach more people on the continent of Africa. Someone sent me a message yesterday, uh, said they were watching me in the UK. We're on Sky in the UK, and we're also in the US on, on TV. And watch this now. Here's the good part: all of it, E. Better known as free of charge. Because the money really is not your problem. Faithfulness is the distinguisher. Amen? David, uh, they, they gave him a standing ovation. Now watch what happened. When, he, when David came in, this is what happened. He brought him in. Now he was rudy. And, and verse 12, he sent and brought him in. He was rudy with all of a beautiful continent. Now from God's perspective, David has a beautiful continent. I want you to see there's two different perspectives here. There's a man's perspective, Jesse. Oh, there's this little rant, But there's God's perspective over here. Oh, he's a beautiful continent. Why? Because beauty is wrapped in the attitude of service. He says, Oh man, he looks, he looks good. From God, man, I'd rather look good in God's eyes than in man's eyes. Amen. I said amen. And so he says this, he says he's of a beautiful countenance, goodly to look to. This is God. God is saying, Man, I like looking at this kid. And the Lord says, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. And after that happened, you know, David was anointed, right? All of his other seven brothers were not anointed. David is the anointed one. I love David. Man, we could learn a lot from David. David doesn't go back to his brothers and say, nah, 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 nah. (laughs) I love David. It's awesome. I mean, let's look at that. You know what David does? The next day he goes back to the sheepfold and he's taking care of his father's sheep. Nothing changed. You know why? Because if the Lord doesn't promote you, hasn't promoted you, you are not promoted. So the Lord anointed him, but he's still preparing him for the day of promotion. And so David still went back and he's serving diligently. He's industrious. He's still David, right? And then in the next chapter, in chapter number 17, an opportunity presented itself to David. Let's read verse 14. I'm going to end with this. Man, this is awesome. Verse fourteen, he says David was the youngest, and uh, three oldest followed Saul to go to the battle. Right, and every single day a Goliath would come out and you know taunt the people, but David occasionally went and uh, returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. David is still you know the same person. Verse sixteen, man, this is good. This could preach. Yes. Amen. That's one lesson I learned from the Lord. He told me as we were planting, you know, faith in church, he said, "Tavara, I I don't want you to ever change because I'm bringing promotion in your life. And, and it's one word that I've hung, you know, I like to talk to people. I like to hang around with people. I like to talk to everybody. And the Lord said to me, he said, man, I want to bring all kinds of promotion, but I want you to stay the same. It's the same thing with David. Because whatever, however you got promoted is however you're going to sustain it. If you got promoted because of a servant's heart, the only way to sustain it is to keep a servant's heart. And so David went back, you know, he's looking after his father's sheep. And uh, verse 16, and the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening. And Jesse said to his son, take now for your brothers an ephah uh, of his dried uh, grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp. Now, this is the anointed kid who's going to serve people who are not anointed. Because it don't make a difference in God's eyes. He just wants you to serve. Well, Pastor, you don't understand my boss is cruel. Well, God put you there to serve them. (laughs) David is going to serve people who aren't as anointed as him. Do y'all see that? I mean, this is awesome. And he's he's going to serve them food, right? And carry these ten cheeses to the captain of the thousand. You must honor also the captain of the thousand. See how your brothers fare and bring back. I mean, the father could even send him. Now, I'll tell you this. Some of you, if you were David, anointed of God in the presence of everybody, your father, your mother, and all your seven brothers, saw it with their eyes. The prophet put the oil on my head. And the, brothers, the father says, go take this cheese to your brothers and come back, tell me. He's like, Dad, <laughs> I'm the apostle of this house. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if you can send me, Dad. I like David. Amen. I said, Amen. amen. He's still serving. And David understood this. Thus, his, his inauguration is wrapped in the mystery of servanthood. So he went. On this particular day, he was going to serve his brothers. And then when he got there, he started talking to his brothers. And his brothers said to him, there's this, you know, Philistine is a big giant Goliath. He's been taunting us and just really bullying us. And David said, well, you know, what's in it for me? What's going to happen to the person who kills this dude? And then they started spelling out all the different things that had happened. They said, man, you get to marry the king's daughter, yeah, whatever. And then he says, you won't have to pay taxes. David said, say what? He says, <laughs> you won't have to pay taxes. David said, what did you say? He says, you won't have to pay taxes. He said, okay, I'm going in. And David went to Saul and he said to Saul, hey, listen, I'm going to go and kill this, 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 this giant. And then Saul said to him, uh, why don't you take my armor? Now, I had one question for Saul. If your armor worked, how come the giant is still here? So what was happening is Saul was trying to get David to change the strategy. There's some people who will come to you and say, man, you've got to stop with this, this thing, this serving thing, man. you you just got to stop. Because <laughs> you are somebody. Yeah. Amen. Get my armor, shining armor. He said, no, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it the way I did it when I was taking care of sheep. Because really, it's no difference. Serving sheep, running a business, leading a nation, it's the same thing. Because it's the same heart. It's a heart of... Servanthood. to it. It's hard to serve it. It don't make a difference what you're doing at work. It don't make a difference what they ask you to do. It don't make a difference what you're doing in the ministry. It doesn't make a difference to me. You just give me a call. You tell me what, what needs to be done. We're going to get it done. It doesn't make any difference. Amen. Amen. Serving the kingdom. And that's what David understood. And he went and killed the the giant. And that was the day of his inauguration. That was the day of his promotion. The people began to sing songs about how David had done this. And I'm going to end with this. Ecclesiastes chapter number 9 from verse 10. Thank you, Jesus. And next week, we're going to look at what the guy with two talents did, what the guy with one talent did, and uh, how, how that impacts you. It says in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10, it says, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Did you see that? Whatsoever. You find your hand to do, do it with excellence, do it with might. For there is no work, no device, no knowledge, no wisdom in the grave where you go. Man, we've got to empty ourselves of everything while we're still here. Amen? You can't procrastinate. Man, I'm so glad uh, Dillian, she's finally publishing that book. I've been on it for the last five years. i have sitting on it. I said, man, you've got to get this book out. Get this, send it to me. She said, man, we're on the final stages now and finally getting that thing out. Man, don't, uh, Miles Monroe, he said the richest place on the, on the earth is the grave because people took everything that was on the inside of them to the grave. But here's how you step out and you break out. Whatever you find your hands to do, do not sign up for something and do it average. Mm. Amen. Well, once you sign up for some man, you see my name on some. You know it's gonna be it's gonna be top notch. Otherwise, we're not doing it. Yep. Amen. I said, Amen. you're going to put my name? I think my name is a brand, and so I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that if you put my name, it's going to be top-notch. If I have to invest in it to make sure that it matches the level yeah. that God demands in his word, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We have to be diligent. We can approach this thing with a you know, slothful attitude. Ah, ziri say. zuri kufamba say. and ndizozo. Ah, uh, okay, okay. No, there's got to be some intensity. He says in the book of Romans, do not be slothful in service, but be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. When you show up at work, you can't show up okay, and End big. No, show up like you're showing up, man. Show up. Even Obama, you, man, you can take some from Obama, You would show up. Amen. And for most black people, it, it comes naturally, right? You don't have to be, too, you know the bounces. It's there. It's already there. So I'm, The swag comes, comes with a package. We don't have to go find it. And I'm saying bring it. Man, if we're going to bring it, bring it. Yeah. Not half bring it. No, brings it. Amen. Amen. And when you do that, man, I'm telling you, Jesus is going to say to you, You are faithful with the least. I will make you ruler over many things. Why don't you stand on your feet? Someone shout, I have a servant's heart. Someone shout, everything that I will get involved with, I commit today that I will put my hundred. Amen. Let me talk to some of you who are business owners. You need to realize that It's ultimately God's business And so when you show up You put in your hundred In that business Because God has entrusted it To you And man, you you work there like you're working for the Lord You put in a hundred, you put in two hundred Amen Those of you who are in the marketplace And you get responsibilities these things you need to do It's the only missing link between you and the next level It's the only missing link between you and going to the next level. Man, God has shown me some things that are going to happen in my life in the future. And man, it's awesome. And God told me, he said, the only thing you need to keep doing is to stay faithful, stay diligent, stay trustworthy, stay dependable. That's what faithfulness means, stay dependable. And I'm telling you, these things are going to happen and people will be surprised. Oh, look what has happened. No, it didn't happen then, it's happening now. Man, if I start showing up 30 minutes into service and I, you know, I start leaving and I start being slothful and start acting the fool, it disqualifies me from that future that God has for me. In the, and man, God will still love me and I'll go to heaven. It just disqualifies the things that God wants me to do fully on the earth. That's what grace is. Grace plays a demand on influence. That's why it says if any man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good thing, but a bishop must. A divine imperative. Once you decide you want to be used of God, then there's a list of divine imperatives, and one of them is faithfulness. Second Timothy 2, 2, right? It says be faithful. These truths you have heard, entrust and, and, and them to faithful men. Who will be able to teach others? You talk about the anointing. The anointing comes on faithful people. The anointing is is all over. It's it's trying to get on you, but it's looking for one thing. Faithful ability. The anointing of God. He says, man, entrust this to faithful people. Who will be able? Who will have the anointing to do what's got to be done? Then talk to students. Man, don't. Don't, don't join in with the people that want to cheat the system and just study the night before the exam. You may be able to get away with it and pass the test, but ultimately your, your promoter, the one that's watching, the one that's omnipresent, the one that's looking at your heart, is God. And God knows, yeah, that ain't a real distinction. God knows. God knows you didn't apply yourself. No, that was, uh uh-uh. God knows. And man, it's not coming. The real deal won't come unless you make a decision in your heart. I'm going to be faithful. Every single day of my life. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to apply myself. And I'm going to do this thing. And when you do that, man, I'm telling you, it's going to be testimony galore of promotion. People say, man, I, I've, been, I've been promoted because all I did was, was step out and be faithful. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Father, for every plan, every purpose, every destiny that you have for every single of, one of these, your children. Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that today there is a decision that we all are making. A decision on the attitude of our hearts. A decision that is not of uh, uh, self-promotion. A decision that is not of, uh, 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 you know, pride and and manipulating to get into places, but a decision that adopts a heart of serving. A faithful heart. And Lord, I thank you for I know it is a kingdom law. That if we are faithful with the least, with the little, you will entrust us with much. And so Lord, I thank you that in this season, we're stepping into a season of radical, supernatural promotion. Supernatural acceleration. Amen. Where the five are moving to ten, and the ten are moving to eleven. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. That as your eyes go to and fro, looking for someone to show himself strong through, Lord, I thank you, Father, that your eyes will find one of these, your precious children. And that through them, your grace will begin to function and minister to a dying world. Lord, I thank you, especially for those you have called into the marketplace. I thank you, Father, for a supernatural grace and favor and energy of your grace to rest upon them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for those who are students still studying. Lord, I just thank you, Father, that that they will set themselves apart. Just as Joseph set himself apart. Just as Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego set themselves apart. Lord, I thank you that your anointing rests on them That when the people look at them They will say, these are different And Father, I thank you that you will open doors for them Of promotion that no man can close Thank you, Jesus Thank you, Father Thank you, Lord Thank you, Jesus That there is a supernatural favor on them a supernatural spiritual search engine optimization to where when they are looking for vendors when they are looking uh, for for suppliers when they are looking uh, for people to contract Lord I just thank you that their names will come up at the top in the name of Jesus that these will be headhunted there is a spiritual search engine optimization that their names will be preferred above all other in the name of jesus thank you father that their files their paperwork is going to the top of the pile that they don't have to struggle they don't have to manipulate connive but father that you are doing it spiritually today is the day of increase and promotion and acceleration thank you father that they will no longer be in the background but now at the forefront have been in the background for so long it's time for the shine to be let out thank you jesus thank you father we thank you lord and we give you all of the praise it is in jesus name that we pray and someone say amen come on shout i receive that amen thank you jesus And I declare this, this week will be the greatest week ever yet. Amen. Because the following after that is even going to be better. You are on a path of righteousness which keeps getting brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the least we'll ever experience. This is the floor. Thank you, Father. Man receive that. Take it in. Man, some of you need to expect a life-changing, life-transforming emails. Just boom, hit your inbox. It's a life-transforming deal. Thank you Lord Jesus. This week, begin to expect a life-transforming SMS, a life-transforming WhatsApp, whichever way people, a life-transforming divine connection. Amen. Man, you're just on the plane flying somewhere. You didn't realize the person you're sitting next to. Hey, it's my divine appointment. Things are about to change. Hallelujah. That's how it works. That's how it works. Man, every email, expect that. I have a friend. I I told him, we told him, we said, man, as you go, he was migrating to America. I said, man, you expect the favor of God. He went out there. I said, man, when you expect the favor of God, you have to be alert. Because the Lord is going to send something to you. This guy, he was chilling out in uh, Orange County. And a producer from Hollywood sent him a message. He said, man, we need you on Friday. This was Wednesday. He said, we need you on Friday to come and be at the uh, AMA Awards. We want you to be playing uh, uh, the keyboard there. And so, because he doesn't read his emails, because he's not expecting anything. He's just expecting, you know, those uh, 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 Nigerian princes (laughs) sending an email that I have a fortune. So he didn't read his emails. But I told him, I said, man, you've got to be alert. When the Lord puts his favor on you, you've got to be alert. On the, on the Thursday night, he's supposed to play a gig on Friday night. On the Thursday night, it, finally, the Holy Spirit convicted him. He went into the email and he, he read the thing and he said, man, you've got to learn all these six songs. We don't care how you do it. You've got to learn all this. You're playing tomorrow night. And so he's driving to, to 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 Los Angeles. You know, he has to figure out how he's gonna play this thing. Thank God for his grace. When he got on stage, man, he started playing the, the, like he never played before. And then the Lord uh, sent a divine connection in that meeting. Who came to him said, "Man, I." Uh, uh, you know what's your status he said man i'm trying to figure that he says man we're going to sign you on a record deal we're going to get your green card we're going to get your citizenship and man as long as you don't play for nobody else you are with us and man that that dude went played now he's got a beautiful family kids he got his citizenship done and i mean man listen when i tell you pay attention i'm not just saying this because it's nice to say this week Some life transforming email Will hit your account And you better be ready Amen You better be ready Just receive it and go with it Man I'm telling you this will change your life Thank you Lord Jesus Man it happens to us all the time And we have some things we are expecting I believe this week there is a turning around There is an impact Things are going to change Father we thank you and we give you all the praise for this favor We thank you for this week The next seven days. We thank you, Father, that for these, your children, the ship will turn. And start going in a different direction. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Someone said, amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today